Welcome back to another episode of the Jesse Golden Podcast. I am bringing you three keys to stop overeating in today's episode. Now, before I continue, I do want to let you know that the topics we discussed today and just generally speaking, working on your relationship with food, food freedom, however you want to describe it. If you are someone who struggles with chronic overeating, undereating, guilt and shame, when thinking about food, you feel like you completely lack confidence when it comes to feeding yourself like an adult, like a grown ass woman. And it causes you a lot of stress. You feel like you cannot figure this eating thing out. Then you are going to want to join Food Freedom Evolution. It is being offered right now at a discount. The doors will open on Monday. So that is tomorrow, September 12th at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. And the reason that is important is because the first person who pays in full, keep in mind this is 20% off, will have the entire payment refunded. So again, that is Monday, September 12th at 6 a.m. Mountain Time. That is when the email goes out. First person to pay in full gets the entire payment refunded by the next day, by Tuesday morning. So I will announce the winner and reach out to that winner on Instagram. Alrighty, so now let's go ahead and jump in the three keys to stop overeating. Number one, let's go over the causes, right? The top three most common causes, and then of course what you need to do about it. Physiological restriction. So we can get away with under eating for a certain period of time, either in total calories or specific macronutrients, carbohydrates typically being the big one that is restricted by women. But eventually, if it is perceived by your brain or your body as stressful enough, this will backfire. Your body doesn't care about your body goals. It cares about survival. So we always have to look at what we're doing through that lens of, is this being perceived by my body as too stressful? Starvation mode is not a real thing. However, your body will compensate in an effort to keep you alive. And given that we live in an environment where resources are, for most people in Western cultures, resources are abundant, especially really hedonic, really tasty, high-calorie foods are available pretty much everywhere we look. That is going to backfire, right? Because our body is thinking, oh no, resources are scarce. We need to get as many calories in as possible. Little does our body know that we are surrounded by calories an ample amount at every given moment. So we are able to shove six candy bars in our face within a matter of minutes. And our body is very happy because it feels like, great, we just won. We do not have to deal with starvation. Okay, so we need to think of our choices through the lens of will this be perceived, either typically it's chronically, but also acutely in some cases, as too much stress, as danger by the body. So that brings me to the next thing is an accumulation of stress. So even if you're just mildly overeating, or excuse me, undereating, but you have a ton of other stressors going on in your life, you're working a ton of hours, you're not sleeping, there's an emotional component of stress there, then that is going to lead to overeating for many, many women. So stress, this is why I highlight this so strongly in my courses, 
especially in food freedom evolution, you have to understand your biofeedback. And while I do not recommend at all that you are trying to lose weight while you're overeating, that will lead to a lot of conflicting priorities, even though oftentimes you do end up losing weight as a byproduct because you're just simply not overeating. You need to be considering the accumulation of stress on your body. I talk often now on Instagram, I developed the phrase, not developed, but I'm using it in conjunction with food of play chess, not checkers. You can't just be thinking one move ahead. You need to be thinking multiple moves ahead and think, how are all of these different things going to impact my eating habits? I can't just white knuckle my way through things at a certain point. Because as I mentioned, we live in an environment with ample food resources. So you're only going to be able to white knuckle things for so long until your body wins. Your body's doing you a favor. Okay, so I see this most often when women are trying to white knuckle it throughout the day and then they're overeating at night or and or throughout the week. So they're trying to eat quote unquote perfectly throughout the week, minimal calories, and then the weekend comes and they are going to hell in a handbasket, right? We've all been there. That was my pattern was let's be as pious as possible throughout the week. And then during the weekends, all hell broke loose. And we also see this throughout the year where we might be hyper-focused or really strict in a way that is not strategic, right? So I teach about fat loss inside of Sustainably Lean Academy in a way that is sustainable, in a way that is intelligent, in a way that is strategic. But if you're just willy-nilly being overly restrictive, let's say leading up to the holidays, then we often see this right from Thanksgiving through New Year's is where people go ham. There is no balance, no moderation because you are so physiologically fatigued by that point in time. You might also experience this on just vacations throughout the year as well. Lack of attunement to hunger cues is another big one, and this is often due to irregular eating habits. If you are not eating a consistent schedule within, you know, I would say two hours max throughout the day, especially if you're not in tune with your hunger cues, then it's no surprise that when nighttime comes along, you have not eaten all day, your body needs those calories. And the only way it's going to get a sufficient amount of calories is by overeating. So you can't outsmart your body at a certain point. And you need to honor and respect that. Find ways to work with your body rather than against it, and that will change the game. Nature is extremely intelligent. Thousands and thousands of years of evolution are going into our bodies, yet we think that we can outsmart it by saying, no, I'm just not going to eat cookies right now. I'm just going to abstain from eating all day. I don't think so. Your body knows better. Okay, so learning to attune to your hunger cues and honoring those is going to be very important. And of course, getting too hungry. So some people, they just don't feel hunger throughout the day. They may be consuming a ton of caffeine. They can stave it off or just eat very minimally. Then it backfires. And some people just get too hungry. They're feeling hunger. They know they're hungry, but they keep trying to ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, trying to stave it off for as long as possible. And then all hell breaks loose. 
So you need to be looking at your behaviors with food as, okay, what is the cause? This isn't just happening in isolation just because your body's not broken. There is a reason. Your body is extremely, extremely intelligent and it has your best interest in mind. Now, the next one is psychological restriction. So perception of stress is really important. And when it comes to food, so we're going to take a step outside of just lifestyle stress, looking at food stress, food rules are a big one, as is shaming yourself. And these things might be on top of physical stress or other emotional stressors in your life. But if you are thinking about food in a stressful way, every time you sit down to eat or are just anticipating eating, you're running through all the rules of what you can and cannot do. And then after you eat, you're going through a cycle of shame. That is incredibly stressful for your brain. Again, danger. It is red flag is going up saying something is wrong here. Further, what you resist persists and often grows. So if you're sitting there thinking about the chocolate brownie, you're saying, no, I can't have a chocolate brownie. I can't have a chocolate brownie. I am not allowed to have that. I'm not allowed. Just completely giving yourself zero leeway that goes on the no-no list. Then of course your brain is going to think about it. That's part of the way our brains work. So if you're sitting there saying something is an absolute no for reasons that probably don't make any sense, then you're going to find yourself face deep in that pan of brownies. Anticipation of restriction after eating something. This is a really, really big one is I see, and this ties into the physiological restriction, but if you are eating, let's keep on with the example of the brownies. If you're eating brownies and you're already thinking as you're eating them, oh God, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not going to let myself have anything processed or anything with carbs, anything with high calories, whatever your thing is for the next four days, four weeks, four months after this. Of course you're going to go to town. You feel like this is your last heyday. Whereas if you were to take a different approach, again, chess, not checkers, and start saying, huh, I wonder if having a little bit each and every day and eating some when I actually want some in a balanced, mindful amount would actually lead to me eating less overall. And that way you can start to attune to when you actually want something and you're not doing it simply because you feel like you're not allowed to have it because you're resisting. Okay, so the anticipation of restriction after eating something absolutely leads to overeating. Soothing emotions. If you are reading into your emotions too much, if you're making them mean something more than they mean, which are simply signals, simply information that you are being given. And if you're trying to avoid your emotions, if you're trying to soothe yourself, which we all need to soothe ourselves as adults, right? But our bodies don't want to be soothed by food. They want to actually be soothed on a deep level. They want to feel safe. They want to feel secure. They want to feel connected to other human beings. Now, of course, if you're under eating, that will be soothing. So we're going to assume that that's not the case. If you actually need something else that's deeper, like connection, belonging, security, safety, just for your rest and digest system, 
to be activated, you need to go on a walk. You need to get away from technology. You need to be in nature. Aim for those things instead of reaching for food and then saying, well, it's food's fault. It's my body's fault. And psychological restriction can also be connected to physiological stress as well. So psychological stress, physiological can absolutely go hand in hand. There's definitely overlap there oftentimes. Now, the third thing is poor lifestyle habits. So if you are not sleeping, your appetite is going to be erratic and likely increased. Hunger hormones increased, satiety hormones decreased. And we tend to want to be more soothed when we are underslept because it's uncomfortable. Being really tired sucks. Feels terrible. You just want to feel better. So food is an easy thing for you to reach for instead of going to sleep. Although I understand that's often not an option for many people, especially if you are at work. Another thing is low nutrient density in your diet. If you are underfed when it comes to nutrients, then it is makes a lot of sense, right? For your body to be craving things. For you to need to eat more things in order for your body to get its needs met. This is typically, I only see this if somebody's eating a diet that is really high in processed foods, which is not typically the profile of the woman that I work with. However, needs to be said. Along those same lines, low protein diets, your protein has appetite satiety effects up to the amount your body needs. So up to around 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. And then that appetite regulation staves off. Because again, our bodies are so smart, they will find a way to get what they need. So consider if you are constantly overeating, maybe your diet is completely devoid or low in protein. And you might be having blood sugar swings throughout the day as well, which protein will aid in as well eating a balanced diet every couple hours throughout the day. Also, too much alcohol or caffeine. So as I mentioned earlier, caffeine can blunt your appetite. So if you're going all day, oftentimes in the morning, maybe even through the late afternoon, and you haven't eaten anything because caffeine, excuse me, has killed your appetite, it's no surprise then that at 2, 3 in the afternoon or later in the evening, your appetite is ravenous because your body, again, is going to find a way to get the amount of energy, aka food, that it needs. Alcohol can lead to blood sugar swings. It can lead to exhaustion, feeling tired. And if you are drinking, oftentimes on an empty stomach or just in general, you're getting overly tipsy, you will likely see that your appetite increases. This is tenfold if you're already having food-obsessed thoughts, rumination about food. When your inhibitions are low, you're going to see yourself overeating and thinking about food a lot more. So what should you do about it? I've already mentioned some of these things throughout, but let's cover these a little bit more specifically. Eat balanced meals at regular intervals. If you struggle with overeating, restriction is your biggest enemy. And this is where most women are very fearful. They think, well, I'm already anticipating that I'm going to overeat. So why would I eat more throughout the day? I need to prepare for the overload of calories that I'm going to eat at night. And this is an example. You're playing checkers. You're not playing chess here. You need to remember you can't outsmart your body to that degree. Your body doesn't want to be caught in this cycle of restriction and overeating. It wants to feel safe, satiated, and balanced. 
So we can help it do that by eating balanced meals, including that protein at regular intervals throughout the day. Can't feel your hunger cues? This is where you start. Sleep for the love. Prioritize sleep. This might mean that you are going to have to call it quits on your Netflix or whatever you're doing in the evening hours in order to get more sleep. Do it. I promise it will be worth it. Start with 15-minute increments to slowly work your way down to a better bedtime for yourself. Manage stress. These two, sleep and stress, are things that people tend to give me the eye rolls about because it's like, oh, who has time for that? You need to make time for it as much as possible. And I'm sure new mothers are rolling their eyes at me. But you know it's true. And of course, everyone's lifestyle is going to be different and everyone's ability to do this will be different. I completely understand that. Do your best to the best of your ability to focus on sleep and stress. All of your other decisions will be so much easier. You're doing yourself just such such a giant service if you focus on these things. Now we can also, and this is an important one, incorporate foods that you deem as quote unquote bad into your daily diet until the urge to overeat them has passed. Yes, this is going to be a scary challenge for you, but start eating the things that you fear regularly, even multiple times a day. If you are someone who finds that they can't keep something in their house, from so many of the women I work with, this is any type of nut butter, almond butter, peanut butter. You lock it away. You say, no, I can't have that or eat the whole jar. The reason you eat the whole jar is because you lock it out of your house and you deem it as something that you cannot be trusted around. You have to develop trust and you have to tell your brain that this is something that you will be able to have. It's not bad. It's just a neutral food and you will train yourself to enjoy it in moderation. But you need to get over that hump and you need to show your brain that this is safe you are fine. You can trust yourself. We also want to watch how you're labeling food. So stop labeling foods as good or bad or clean or dirty. I mean, I don't know many people who call foods dirty, but the implication, and this is why I don't like the word clean, clean eating might seem trite, but what we're often thinking then, if something is not clean, then it is what? It is dirty. It is bad. Okay, so watch how you're labeling foods. Foods are neutral. Some are more nutrient-dense. Some are less nutrient-dense. We can say some are, you know, healthy or less healthy. But there's room for all foods in context. View your body as your ally. Another very important one. And something that deserves to be well-supported and taken care of. If you're viewing your body as this unintelligent meat suit that you have to carry around, Ugh, it's such a pain in the ass. It's not doing what I'm telling it to do. You're going to be at war with it forever. You have to start to view it as this beautifully intelligent vehicle that really wants to support you and take care of you. And as I mentioned before, it has thousands and thousands of years of evolution behind it. It's extremely intelligent. Think of how many things it does throughout every single day that you don't have to be mindful of. Blood flow, development of new skin, fingernails growing, tasting food, digesting food, swallowing it, breathing your heartbeat. I mean, our bodies just absolutely blow me away. Don't even get me started on growing a baby and giving birth. I mean, come on. So it's something that deserves to be very well supported, taken care of. 
and treat yourself like a queen. Truly, if you can start to view yourself as something that deserves to be deeply nourished, your mind, body, and soul, you deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel energized and nourished and well-supported. You deserve to know what it feels like to feed yourself with confidence. These are things that are going to start to percolate in your brain. And as you start to really marinate on these things more and more, your habits will naturally start to shift. Instead of saying, no, 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 I'm going to survive off caffeine all morning until I overeat in the evening. Is that queen-like behavior? No, it's not. That's princess little girl behavior. And that might sound a little bit harsh. This is something I discuss in FFE. We need to start to transition to viewing yourself as that queenly grown woman who treats herself with a lot of boundaries and nourishment and respect. And you'll start to notice your habits shift as a result. So I hope this was helpful. I love all of this so, so much. If any of this stuck out to you and you're like, this is something I need to work on, again, Doors to Food Freedom Evolution open Monday at a discount. I will not be offering any discounts on my courses for Black Friday this year. You will have to wait until maybe the spring of next year. So now is your chance to get FFB at that 20% off. 6 a.m., the email goes out if you want to be someone who gets it for free, first person to purchase who pays in full will be receiving a full refund. All right, let me know your thoughts over on Instagram. Pop on over, say hi, let me know what stuck out for you. And I will see you all next week.